0: Welcome back to the Fam Lab. I'm Barrett Bingham. I am here with Matt Mead and Mikey Kinsfather as part of our family ministry team. Hey, thanks for listening. And this should be episode one of season two. And I think that's what it's going to be. We are coming to you. Well, today we're in the Fam Lab, but the next three episodes are very special episodes. The next three that you hear from the Fam Lab actually took place. At Harding University in Cersei, Arkansas, on campus at a coffee house there called Midnight Oil, as part of the Kibo Group. Midnight Oil supports Kibo Group in Uganda, Africa, and we are excited to be uh, there. As and hopefully you'll be able to tell that we were excited to be in a different location, uh, and you should be able to hear, uh, especially in episodes two and three, uh, some coffee sounds in the background. A lot of. Uh, you know, grounds being smashed, espresso being made, all sorts of good stuff. There were way more people around uh, than a typical episode. Uh, but we had a great time visiting uh, with several different people. And so we have a lot of really cool guests uh, covering a lot of different topics and some very fun stuff. Uh, this first episode that, you, that we're on now uh, was on spiritual health and somewhat defining spiritual health, but also talking through how do we assess spiritual health in students, in our teens, our children, and what does that look like. Uh, so Matt is going to introduce Jill and Harrison and tell you a little bit about them, and then we will get into the episode.
1: We are blessed to have Jill Davis and Harrison Dell on the podcast. Colin Rosalind sat down with them. Jill is a professor at Harding University. She teaches in the mathematics a department, but in addition to her day-to-day responsibilities, she has a ministry for girls on campus that has a Wednesday night devotional that many of our graduates attend, and she provided some great insight in how to think about intentional parenting. And we also have Harrison Dell on the podcast. Harrison is one of the youth ministers at the downtown Church of Christ in Searcy, he's been for the last eight years. And we are blessed to gain from his insight and wisdom as well. So without further ado, our conversation with Jill Davis and Harrison Dell.
2: Hey, welcome everybody to the FAM Lab. Thank you so much for being here. I'm Kyle Beard. I'm here with Rosalind Miller and Harrison Dell and Jill Davis. And we're going to be talking about what it means to define spiritual health. And so glad you guys are here today. Thank you so much for joining us um, could you tell us a little bit about yourself Jill? you want to go? Sure.
3: Uh, my name is Jill Davis um, I'm married to Brooks, and we've been married for 29 years and we have three children uh, Our boys are married and they're 26 and 24 and then our daughter Allie is a senior at Harding and she's 21 so I teach uh, math at Harding University to you Harrison and
4: I'm Harrison Dell and I'm married to Kelly and we have one baby girl named Marlo she's hitting 11 months and then I've got another one on the way named Oakley I am a youth minister at downtown church here in Searcy have been for about eight years
2: awesome super glad you guys are here today yeah thank you um like I said we just kind of want to define what spiritual healthiness looks like, and uh, what that means for our kids of, of all ages. So, how would you define spiritual health, and what that what that means for what our for our kids? I like Jill starting. Okay. <laughs>
3: <laughs> well, to me, I think uh, spiritually health, biblically, to me, you're healthy if you're bearing fruit, mm-hmm. and so to me. Uh, that's, that's what you're looking for in your children is fruit. You're looking for good fruit and you're looking at what kind of fruit they're producing and um, you're just, you're watching. You're watching a lot and um, paying close attention. I, I, I think it's a very, very good question to ask uh, because I think in the, our culture we can get very, very busy. Um, I'm reminded of a scripture in Proverbs which gives us a lot of wisdom that says know well the condition of your flocks. Pay attention. It says riches are not assured forever and I think it says a crown is not assured for generation. Um, It doesn't just happen. You do have to be careful. Watch.
2: For sure.
4: Yeah and I think if I think about being sick a lot of times we talk about our body body fighting against itself and um, for me I would define health as, like, our body working well together. Everything is working in concert, in harmony. And so, like, I believe that, like, we are firstly a spiritual being. We, ha- we don't have souls. We are souls that have bodies. So mm-hmm. everything that makes up a person working together um, full force, you know, instead of me working in conflict with myself... That's when I'm sick. Is when I'm I'm contradicting uh, my nature, who I am, and who I'm trying to be, and that conflict is I would I would say that's sick. And so healthy is um, every part of me being fully integrated and um, working toward my ultimate goal as a spiritual being. <laughs>
5: I love all of that, that you guys have said. It's really interesting because in society today, we evaluate our kids. We look at them academically. We look at their athletic ability. Uh, Even we look at how they are able to socialize. We start doing all of that pretty early. When do you guys think we should start looking at their spiritual health? When does that faith formation start and just that assessment start for us as parents?
3: I think it starts immediately because I think one of the biggest things you're doing is praying for your children, and that happens before they ever come, and you are hiding things in their heart that they don't even know are there, you know, when you're playing those scripture songs and taking them to a little Bible class, and they're pounding out, you know, tap, tap, tap the Bible or whatever they're doing. You know, I think so many times... think of those scripture hymns that we played over and over and I'll ask the kids sometimes, do you remember that? And they'll go, I don't really remember that. And I'll say, well, you know, it made you who you are. <laughs> you know, it's in there. It's hidden. Yeah. You know, it's hidden in there that the spirit can work with later. So I don't think it's ever too early. Although the goal I think is so important. It, it isn't to have a perfect, well-behaved two-year-old or four-year-old the, or fourth grader or junior high kid. The goal is to have a, man and woman of God, who loves God with all their heart, who's going to be a faithful follower and servant and and bear fruit for the kingdom. Mm-hmm. So, so that doesn't always look like a great, you know, there's, I think the goal in mind is important, but I think it's never too early to start. In fact, sometimes it's so much easier when they're younger because you can control a lot more. Right. So um, you have a lot more opportunity to get those habits in place. Mm-hmm. It's a lot harder to start introducing something to a junior high than to a preschooler who this is just how life has been
4: you know with marlo at the age she's she's at like i've told her i i really don't think this is an exaggeration i think i've told her six thousand times that she is good and it's and it's because it just is bubbling out of me i can't even really resist saying it i've not tried but I don't think I could resist it is because she just exudes goodness to me and that's in that's uh, in view of how often she poops and screams and all those other things I'm not it doesn't really affect my just complete joy in her so on some level I sort of don't see myself trying to train her Um, Right now, I feel like I'm just experiencing her and enjoying her and and sort of like knowing that down the road there are going to be ways that she pushes. And those are going to be times of like refining and learning and and stretching. Um, But I I also think that like she is already just in the way – her mom and I are like smiling at her and enjoying her. She's watching the way we interact with each other. And so there are things happening right now that are shaping her um, her spirit, her, her walk with God. But in another sense, I, I feel as though I'm, I'm waiting a lot right now for a, a later time where she's going to develop a, a real fighting spirit. And that'll be good. Yeah. <laughs>
2: It's hard to sometimes just be intentional about teaching our kids or, and like evaluating them as Rosalind said we measure and evaluate them on their sports academics and everything like that and so when they're younger you're just experiencing like you said and you want them to to be healthy to know that they are loved to know that they are good but when do you start having those conversations with your spouse I mean I think about it, I have two. Uh, girls and one of them is nine and so I talk with my li- wife Leah about you know when do we have conversations about about just her spirituality um, I mean it should have happened and had, did happen earlier but what I'm getting at is you have to be intentional about those conversations it isn't always something that you think naturally or it's just going to happen we were talking earlier uh, this week about you know just the different things that how you teach your kids uh, about their eating habits or something like that. It's not until in the moment do you realize, oh, I need to tell them about this. So when it comes to our spiritual health with our kids, are there moments that you need to plan for in a sense Mm -hmm. when you're talking about their spiritual health? Does that make sense?
3: I would say yes. There are lots of moments you plan for, but as Harrison said, also so much is what they're picking up on yeah and i i think something you have to fight in our culture right now is a very child-centered family um I, I think back as i i remember when the kids were little i wanted them to see that i had some activities that that they were a part of there was an organization that i purposely volunteered for because the kids could go with me I remember Allie would go and we would play at the Sunshine School, which is a school here in town for handicapped children, and, and it was at recess. And they it was good because they could see Allie doing the activities the way a, a child is, is supposed to ride the bike, and then these ch- kids would mimic her. Yeah. And so, I mean, you're doing little things. You want your kids to, I, I remember as an adult, one time coming back home to my parents getting up early and, and seeing my mom reading her Bible with coffee and saying, how often have you done this? Mm-hmm. And she said, oh, I always did this. And I said, I wish I would have known that. And it made me think, I want my kids to catch me praying with the neighbor. I want my kids to catch me studying my Bible. My mom would do it and put it up before we woke up. And that needs to be something that your kids see you do. Yeah. Um, and so those interactions that you're having with your spouse um, I just, I don't think it's ever too early to be proactive. And the same point though, you don't check your kid's temperature every morning and go, okay, you're 98.7, carry right. on. Um, that can be obsessive too. So you're looking for signs. You know, I there was a, one of my children, if he laid down on the couch, I thought he's sick. You know, he does not be still. Yeah. Another one, you could see their eyes got red right before they got sick. So again, you mm-hmm. are, that's why there's so much quality time. I mean, not quantity time is what I meant to say. Um, because you you know your children, um, and you know their weaknesses, and you know you're going to have to teach them how to be kind, and you're going to have to teach them how to think of others.
4: And I worry about measuring. Like I think about when you would say trying to like make sure our kids are, you know, making the grade is just such a, a toxic idea this, these days that I worry about that when we talk about parenting and we talk about our kids' health. But I I understand that. It is loving. It is about like having something identifiable that you can say, okay, this is growth, this is learning, this is health, and it's exciting. Like that's the ultimate good thing about it. So when my sister Carissa is like saying things like, "You're that's such a big girl thing to do," like that, she's trying to help show them you've taken a big stride. you right, and uh, she actually emphasizes making a choice. Like she'll talk about did you make a good choice right there? That was a good choice, and talks about that. Or, um, you know, when we get into youth group, I talk with our junior high and high school students, and I say, I'm going to know whether or not you're meeting some benchmark goals we have for your discipleship mm-hmm. based on questions you're asking. So I'll say, if you are interested in like what this youth group gives me and therefore you decide whether or not to come to something because who else is going to be there? Are my friends going to be there? Then we see that as like a certain point in your spiritual development. But we hope for you to move from what this group gives me to how this group grows me. And if you're asking how this group grows me, then it may not matter so much if my friends are coming, but... um, why do I need to be there because of what it does for me in my heart and in my journey with God? And then we say, if you're, if you're graduating and you've moved from what this group gives me to how this group grows me, ultimately we hope that you ask, how do I grow this group? Because we want 30 and 40-year-old and 50 year old men and women at this church to be saying, what is it that I, when I pour out into this community, how am I blessing other people? It's no longer are my friends coming, or even why must I be there, but who could I invite? Who's somebody that um, I feel the Spirit leading me to? So when we name these growth phases, when we name these benchmarks and say, this is what you can aspire to, it's not because we want to put pressure on them and, and and make them constantly worry that they're not measuring up, but because we we want them to be excited about their growth.
3: I think going back to a previous analogy, I just talked about the fruit. In the same way that I can't go in the kitchen and make a strawberry, a strawberry plant has to make that. But I can't go plant a strawberry plant and then come back a month later and expect to pick a bushel of strawberries. You have to be a good gardener. And, you know, what does that look like? Well, it looks like I, first of all, give it a place that it can thrive so that it maybe I fertilize the soil, make sure it's got good sunlight, water. There's stuff I can do to make sure the environment's good soil. And then the other thing I can do is protect it. At our house, I'd have to build something to keep the deer out from eating it, um, to make sure the weeds don't choke it out. So I think the same analogy is true with your children. You have to be a good gardener um, to, to give them... The best scenario for for growing spiritually, and so you can you can fertilize that soil, you can give them good, put them in a good place, mm-hmm. you can give them good resources, you can do those things, and then also on the flip side, you you have to be protecting them from the outside things that are affecting them, and sometimes that's I think of an example in our with our children, where we my husband and I realized we just watched our kids hike up stairs for another Sunday night and just tune out and both he and I said we got to do something they're just completely tuning out and and we said let's join a small group and we joined a small group started a small group with families of our children's ages that involved them and all of a sudden that Sunday night went from walking up and them just zoning out to a to a time where they were involved and that was a good change Mm -hmm. and you know I had a friend who um you know, what told her kids, we're moving you to this school, but if something happens, you may come home to a for sale sign in our yard. I mean, nothing is above where we, what's good, we'll move, we'll change jobs, we'll we'll move, you know, whatever. I think those are examples of times where you sometimes, something needs to change. Sure.
5: I think all of those things are excellent. And I just appreciate the very tangible examples that both of you have given us as far as like seeing your, I think about that, seeing your parent pray. And read their bible those are very tangible things that we can do as parents and also asking the right asking questions and seeing what kind of answers you get back i think that's a great way to measure spiritual growth we talked about like having your kids pray what are the the things that they are thinking about and praying about that's a great way to measure spiritual growth so i appreciate those tangible things that i think we can do to help our children grow spiritually Now, what are what do you think are some tangible things that we can encourage them to do to kind of um, consider their own spiritual health? That's something I think about. I have well, I have a high schooler, and then I have two in college now. So I'm thinking about them and like you know, as a parent away from them, what can I do to encourage them? Is it too late for me to encourage them? I mean, what where where are we with helping them? And what some tangible things we can do
4: I mean some of it is really scary as a parent uh, if you're really wanting to start finding out whether any of this is sticking and and that this is something that they're claiming for their life and for their future this is who they want to be and whose they want to be Uh, it means it means just sort of releasing some of the control that you may have had for some years. Like um, I'm particularly thinking about upperclassmen in high school and like as they're striving for autonomy and you're trying to measure how much to give that. And, but I think you're trying to allow for the mistakes and trying to open things up for conversation rather than because I said so. You're trying to see what choices they make Um, apart from you and so um, expressing pride in them and enthusiasm and excitement for this part of the journey like this is a place you and I have not been before this is new territory for me and for you and I'm excited to see um, some of what instead of like having this immense fear that is almost crippling just making sure your kid knows I'm interested to see some of the choices you make as we give away some more freedoms. Where I was normally um, just sort of making you toe the line, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to bless you to make some choices. And then as long as you know, it's going to then turn back into some conversation. And I'm going to see, uh, I want to be able to hear your heart and find out what informed that decision. Or, okay, so what were the things you, you factored in? Um, but it's scary. I just I don't want anybody to think I'm not saying that it's It's super hard to to get to that place with some of your growing young adults
3: well and and it's a spiritual battle. I think we never forget that it's a spiritual battle, so we're dealing with unseen forces of good and evil and that battle at war for our children's soul. And I think their biggest play is on our knees. Um, you know, I, as a parent, I learned very quickly that I wanted my children to have a better mother than I knew I could be. And so, therefore, I begged the Lord to put outside, you know, to, to work in spite of my failings. Mm-hmm. And, you know, and so what, it's never too late to pray that. And I love that idea because a prayer doesn't have a shelf life. You know, you pray something that says the Lord c- gathers those, so that goes with them their whole life, I believe. Yeah. And um, so you pray for people to come in their life. You pray for people to not come in their life. You yep. know, and there are, you know, there comes a season where you're you're not the number one voice in their ear, and um, so those that those intangibles of prayer are just huge. Um, of And it's never too late for that. Another story that always helped me, I think it's Patrick Mead that told a story a long time ago about when he was a missionary overseas and he was teaching his son to drive and they had to put a big L in the back of their car for learner. And he had just gone out with his son and come back. His wife asked him to go get a loaf of bread and he jumped in the car and didn't take that learner sign out. And he made a wrong turn onto a, a roundabout and a guy got really frustrated and pulled him over and he saw the guy getting out of his car about to just come give it to him. And then the guy saw the learner sign and said, oh, you're a learner. He goes, no worries, buddy. You'll get it. We all do this. And he said he thought just the fact that he recognized he was a learner changed that guy's attitude. He said, I put L's all over our house because I want to <laughs> tell my kids. I'd get myself frustrated with my kid and like, would go, wait a minute. Have you ever been 12 years old before? no. Carry on, you're a learner you know and I'm a learner <laughs> awesome. I've never had a 12 year old before I've never had a 26 year old before
2: that's right. so
3: we're all learning in this and once again our kids have to see us fail um, you know I think that's been something that has stuck in my mind too
2: For sure well we' we'll gonna yep. wrap up with just this has been a great conversation and really, really appreciate you guys bringing some wisdom and bringing some thoughts into this. Um, what are some just words of advice that you could give parents to? Uh, just the, in the conversation and them uh, having some difficulty defining spiritual health for their kids or just some practical things of uh, helping them uh, be better par- be better parents at um, helping their kids be more spiritually healthy. Uh, guard
4: your heart for it is the wellspring of your life and so define spiritual health for yourself and and recognize that your children are watching more than they're listening and and so like the health of the spiritual health of your home is just it's going to permeate into your your kids they're not going to even know it but don't worry so much about um, whether or not your kids are learning to like love Jesus concern yourself with uh, the monopoly Jesus has on your heart. And your kids will watch and they will receive. And um, uh, Don McLaughlin said last year at our Wellspring Parenting event, he said, uh, you know, your kids have spent their entire lives trying to help you be a parent. And so just know that you can make those mistakes. And as soon as they uh, leave your home and, and go off into the big wide world, That'll be when you start feeling like you've learned something about being a parent and it'll all be too late, so don't worry about it.
3: <laughs> right, and failures can be your biggest teachers. Yeah. Um, you know, and you can be grateful because God has shown you something that it's time to get down and work on. Um, and and don't feel like you're alone because every child is different. If you have more than one child, you realize really quickly it's not a lot about you. Um, and so the beauty of Our faith is that God never asks us to do anything about ourselves. He's given us um, himself with us. He's also given us people to walk alongside of us. And in Mm -hmm. the church, we have people older than us that we can just ask to encourage us and, you know, pick out some people, have them over. Um, We did that so much. Just invite people over and and pick their brain. Um, And most of the time, they're not going to tell you what to do. They're just going to say, oh, you'll be okay you're doing great you know and um that's what i hope i hope that you'll find some your audience will be encouraged i heard a definition of encouraged this last week that i thought was great you know it said to encourage is to instill courage and courage may not necessarily move a mountain but it can show you how to climb and and i think that's what i hope for your listeners is they'll find courage in this
0: We're back in the fam lab. Hope that coffee noise wasn't too distracting for you. It should be really quiet in our studio in comparison. Um, But shout out to uh, Travis making it sound good. We appreciate him helping us record this, put it all together, make it a seamless episode for you to enjoy. Uh, So Barrett, Matt, and Mikey, all back in the fam lab talking about and debriefing a conversation on spiritual health. We appreciate uh, Roslyn and Kyle speaking with Harrison and Jill. um, But let's just do kind of first impressions. What did you guys uh, think of the conversation with Jill and Harrison? I think they both did uh, a really good job. Me and Matt uh, have already joked about how quotable uh, Jill is. She has some really good uh, nuggets, some good takeaways. Um, I know she came in with maybe one little green post-it note, and we were kind of doing some sound check stuff. And she just had like three quotes on there. And uh, man, didn't she sound great? She did such a good job.
6: She did a great job. And and what a neat opportunity to sit down with people who have been so intentional in thinking about how they relate to kids, to students, to their own children and, and their spiritual growth. And just you could just tell from that brief conversation how important um, their, the relationship that their kids have with God is to them and how that they have emphasized that to them as they've been rearing their children. And, um, I really appreciated what Jill said about being focused and intentional about creating opportunities for growth, you know, about the, she mentioned the, um, uh, school that she took her young daughter to you know when she was very and how she did that intentionally so that not only her daughter would learn but the other kids could learn from her daughter and and just seeing that as an opportunity for growth but at the same time she talked about being balanced and not being obsessive with um taking your temperature every day or really having to assess your child's spiritual situation all the time but keeping it at the at the forefront and on your mind so that you are looking for those opportunities.
0: Yeah, she did a great job, all really good points. I I know we are especially thankful for Harrison kind of stepping in last minute. We uh, kind of pulled him out of the crowd and he uh, did a great job for us, for sure. Um, He's actually part of the the board. I think that's right, Matt, that he's part of the board with the Kibo group. Uh, And so he helps out with, the, the ministry that Midnight Oil Coffee House supports, uh, and so Harrison is a, a man that wears many different hats, youth minister, uh, board member, father, husband, uh, so we really appreciated his time for sure, and uh, had some great things to say. I loved what he had to say about, you know, calling your children good, and, um, you know, one of my notes from his conversation was, you know, we need to douse our children in prayer, cover them in prayer was one of the last things he said. And I just think as a parent, it's really easy to think of, okay, what are these growth opportunities and think very practically, um, but maybe sometimes easy, especially for me to forget, you know, I, okay, I prayed really hard for Bear, uh, my son, before he was born. And maybe those first couple of months, I prayed really, really hard for, you know, his wife and, you know, trying to think of all the things like, okay, when he's getting married, I'm going to have to say that I've prayed for her, you know, his wife and, uh, you know, all these different things. Um, but then that kind of tapers off as you would think, okay. I need to make sure he can say Bible. That needs to be one of his first 10 words. And, and you know, make sure he can pat the Bible, you know, and all this. Um, but are we still, you know, covering them in prayer? That's so important.
6: Well, and Jill also reminded us that that it is a spiritual battle that, that we're at on all, just in our everyday lives and that our biggest place, she said, is on our knees, that prayer is so important. It is. And just being... Um, open with your kids about how you're dealing with spiritual things too and showing them that you're trying to grow and, and your knowledge of God and your relationship with God I think that was a really good point as well
1: a couple of things that just jumped out to me is that the focus on your own spiritual health and your own spiritual practices as being The things that you invite your kids into, whether that's allowing them to witness first and then inviting them to participate in, I think that's so important. Sometimes we think we have to manufacture these opportunities for our kids, and there is some creativity in that, but hopefully it's a part of your life rhythm that that you're inviting them into those things and, you know, you begin taking them on a hospital visit or you begin – having them help you prepare to have people over in your home. Uh, hospitality was a major kind of theme of that conversation and how that shapes us spiritually. There's just something about serving others and inviting them to have conversations around the table that has a formative effect. And so, so many of these things are are intentional choices about how you schedule, um, how you think about uh, time and priorities and and you know as we look at fruit and we look at how our kids bear fruit we have to look at those ways that we've gardened and the ways that we've uh, provided them the environment to succeed and and the intentionality of both Harrison and Jill in that um, was inspiring to me as a listener for sure
6: i really appreciated how Harrison explained that in his role as a youth minister he has in mind some phases that kids go through in spiritual growth and how he is open with the students about what those phases are and that he uses those as things he can talk to them about so that they're at least aware of them, if not um, able to work towards some of those goals. But just communicating with kids those expectations for things that they're growing towards, I thought that was a really good point.
0: Absolutely. So after listening to the episode, and maybe I'll, I'll throw this question to you guys. But after listening to it and kind of hearing the different definitions and different ways to assess, and I mean there's a lot of really good information, a lot of good nuggets, but how would you say um, is the um, best way to assess a student's spiritual health um, or a child's spiritual health um, from that episode?
1: I think they provided uh, a helpful framework in thinking about Uh, your child's faith kind of holistically. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. And so any way that we look at our kids' faith, you know, should include, you know, this holistic view. And, you know, we need to think about how, you know, not only are we, you know, looking for our kids to grow in, in knowledge about God, but we're looking at their hearts and we're hoping that you know they grow in in loving the things that uh, that God loves and becoming angry at the things that would anger God and that they're treating their their bodies in a way that's God honoring that they're you know really thinking about the fact that they you know are a soul uh, Harrison talked about that and how the soul is you know of ultimate importance and you know in terms of defining those things sure that's always going to be a challenge but but it is not going to happen by accident um it's going to happen by taking specific looks at at those things at at various periods and and talking to other people who have kids the same age and talking to people who have kids that are older than yours and and really you know parenting in community so you can know what uh, some of those things that you should be looking for are, and you can, um, you know, then share those with someone else who's who's in the next uh, phase down from you in the in the parenting life cycle.
6: That's great, Matt. I really love that idea of mentoring each other and helping each other in parenting and community. I guess when I think about assessing the spiritual health of our kids, I think about younger kids. You know, kids might. Um, the age of my children, elementary age, and we still pray together with them at night. And I think listening to how they talk to God shows you some of that growth because I know I've seen changes in just things that they pray for and how they pray and how they are receptive to discussions that we have about the ways that we pray and what we pray for. I think that's one way. And something that's come up several times, and Jill started with this, is is fruit, And um, when I think about the fruit, not just the fruit of our labors, but also the fruit of the Spirit and how that translates into our lives. And I love using that language of the fruit of the Spirit with kids because that's something that they can learn at an early age. I remember hearing my sister-in-law one time when her kids were really small saying, you know, this is an opportunity for you to show self-control right now. And I thought that was so cool that she was talking about self-control with the child. And so that's something that I like to do. I think it's something that um, we really could implement with our kids is just talking about those fruits of the Spirit and how they affect your everyday life.
0: Absolutely. Uh, Any kind of closing thoughts and last-minute things, just kind of in review of uh, what Harrison Dell and Jill Davis had to say in their time with us?
1: I think the phrase that... You know, his incredible takeaway from the episode is uh, prayer doesn't have a shelf life. Um, and this idea that our prayers are are out there for things to happen in the future. We don't always know the time or necessarily know what the response is going to be, but we should never cease in, in being prayerful. And I know that's tough for me. Um, you know, I haven't always been the best spiritual leader in our home about us praying together as a family, and I'd like to improve in that, and I think part of that always goes back to, you know, it. it's tough to surrender control in that way, and especially when we think about our kids, like, we want to have control over the outcomes of the things that they're a part of and, and what their, you know, next step of life is going to look like, but, you know, we see each and every day we don't have control, and so... Of uh, relinquishing that in an intentional way to God is a part of our own growth spiritually, for sure.
6: I think another one of my takeaways from that conversation comes from the story Jill told about uh, the the car with the L on it for the learner mm-hmm. and how just recognizing that the driver or assuming that the driver was a learner affected, the behavior of the other people around them, the drivers around them, and how when our kids mess up in the heat of the moment, it's really hard to stop and remember that they're just kids and that they are in a learning process. And that mess up is a learning opportunity. But I think that conversations like this and just taking a minute to stop and think through it will help us to, to remember that and give our kids the grace and space to be learners and to give them a little bit of a time and a redirect in a way that is is, uh, it directs them towards towards spiritual growth in those moments.
0: And when they're, or, and I guess because they're learners, if they're in Bible Bowl, if they're going to youth group, if they're showing up to church, and you're taking them to church, and they still mess up, they're learners, right? Mm-hmm. You know, they're even though you have a good kid, right. and they make a mistake, their spiritual health is not on the line all of a sudden. Um, so I think we can, like Jill put it, uh, you know, we can go too far in the other direction, too, of, oh, no, you know, they've made a, a spiritual unhealthy decision, and that's condemning. Um, but, you know, we're, we're learning. It's a process. Um, we're learning in a lot of different ways. Well, I hope that you will uh, take a second um, as a, uh, a family to pray for overall family health. I hope that you'll pause maybe now and say a prayer for your child or your student's uh, spiritual health and their prayer life. Um, And you can also email us at hellofamlab at gmail.com. We would love to hear from you. We would love to hear ways that you assess your child's spiritual health, things that you do uh, to measure spiritual health Uh, things that you've, uh, you know, kind of developmental leaps that you have seen in your child's spiritual health, Uh, anything that you have to comment on this episode, things that you liked or would like to hear in the next episodes to come, we would love to hear from you. Again, email us at hellofamlab at gmail.com. Again, thank you to Harrison and to Jill. We appreciate their time uh, in Searcy, Arkansas at Harding University at Midnight Oil Coffee House. Thank you, Matt. Thank you, Mikey. Thank you, Travis. We appreciate all that you guys do as well. Thank you guys for listening to The Fam Lab. We will see you, not really, hear us talk to you in the next episode of The Fam Lab.